White Sox Weekly, your all-access pass to everything White Sox. That baby will go! Lance Lynn with an absolute gem. McKnight. I'm Connor McKnight today. He's in the big chair. I'm Tyler Aki with you on White Sox Weekly here until 1230, leading you into the FanDuel White Sox pregame show. This is White Sox Weekly. We're taking your calls too. 312-332-3776 as the White Sox 3-2 winners yesterday over the Tampa Bay Rays. Another fantastic outing for Dylan Cease. We'll get into his performance in just a little bit. Also, the man who stole the show, Jake Berger, he's going to join the show a little bit after 11 o'clock today. We'll also have Jesse Rogers joining us at noon as well. But let's get into yesterday's game because you look at this White Sox team And the beauty of baseball is you never know who's going to be the hero in any given night. And even though the final margin of victory in this game was just one run, it did feel like the White Sox were in control for the entirety of the contest. You got some great relief efforts from Kendall Graveman, Liam Hendricks, with his most dominant outing of the season so far. 11-pitch save for Liam yesterday. It is his bobblehead day today as well. So if you're going to the ballpark, be sure to get here early to get that Liam Hendricks bobblehead. Boy, is it a beauty. You're going to want that one on your shelf. So getting into, I think, the biggest part of this game. Actually, there's, there's two when you really look at it. There's Jake Berger on one end at the plate, coming out of the nine spot, playing third base, and the White Sox have been cycling different guys into that third base spot with the absence of Yohan Moncada to start the season. Jake Berger, a guy who has battled injuries over the course of his very young career, goes out there, goes two for three, gets a the home run, the solo home run in the third inning, and the White Sox, it kind of got the offense rolling a little bit. I know it was just three runs, but they did some things offensively where you look at the bottom of the order. Think about the guys in this White Sox lineup who on a game-to-game basis you're expecting to be the ones that sort of carry this team. You think of the Luis Roberts, the Jose Abreus, the Yasmani Grandals, the Eloy Jimenezes, and the Tim Andersons. But of those five guys, they combined for just one hit. Meanwhile, you look at what the production was at the bottom of the order. It was Jake Berger, a two-for-three effort, also knocked in two runs with that home run. You had Gavin Sheets get a hit and also score a run. Leori Garcia got his first hit of the season, a double down the line. He comes around to score a run. Andrew Vaughn also out there to provide you with a little bit of offense. He goes one for three. And that's where this White Sox team can be dangerous and why people think they are true contenders to be a World Series champion here in 2022. So 312-332-3776. I know the season is young. Again, we're about a week into this thing, but part of the beauty of sports as well is the ability to live in the moment. So what's been your favorite part? What's been the most impressive part of this young White Sox season? 312-332-3776. We'd love to hear from you over the course of this show. This is White Sox Weekly. I'm Tyler Rocky. Hey, grab your friends and head to the park for Miller Lite Bleachers and Brews. Get one ticket and two beers starting at $27 all season long. Must be 21 and over with a valid ID. To purchase tickets, visit whitesox.com slash brew. Starting pitching yesterday was fantastic. 
best start of the season that we've seen, the longest start of the season that we have seen for a White Sox pitcher with Dylan Cease. He goes five and two-thirds, allows just three hits, has the one inherited run score on his tab as well, and strikes out eight. Dylan Cease is going to be one of the most important pieces for this White Sox team in the postseason, because think about heading into this White Sox season, you knew what you had at the one and two spot in your rotation. Lance Lynn, Nails, a proven guy who's done it before. Lucas Giolito, a fantastic all-star caliber pitcher and a guy who's going to put his name in the Cy Young race pretty, pretty much every single season here on after. But what were you going to get out of that three spot with the departure of Carlos Rodon? Dylan Cease, a name that a lot of people were looking to. Michael Kopech, today's starter, a name that a lot of people were looking to. And then Dallas Keuchel, a guy who has been, over the course of his career, a fantastic pitcher. And if you can have him be your five in your rotation, then you're looking at a really, really dangerous starting five. So looking at what Dylan Cease did yesterday, he had command. He was pulled after 91 pitches. But I think the important thing yesterday with Dylan Cease was his ability to fire strikes. 91 pitches, 63 strikes. When we see Dylan Cease struggle, it is because he is walking batters. And in this game, he had the two walks, but to pair that with the eight strikeouts that he had out there, that's the Dylan Cease that's going to win you baseball games. And I know uh, some Sox fans are maybe a little upset that, that Dylan Cease didn't go the the full six to get the quality start. But hey, this is a really early portion of the season. And Tony La Russa sort of addressed that yesterday post-game, talking about the shorter starts for some of these pitchers and the battle that a lot of these pitchers and teams are going to be managing through through the early portions of the season. Here's Tony. The other 29 are going through the same thing. You know, you just, it's a long season. And they got half the preparation. And you just take it on an individual basis, and you take the individual game. So I just think that you got to err on the side of caution. I mean, somebody told me there's another pitcher that got hurt today. I, I didn't know who it was, but, you know, I mean, it's just I'm glad we're playing, but it, it's uh, stressful. Not the least stress the manager, it's stressful on ball clubs and pitchers. And players, too, you know. A lot of those guys are hamstrings obliques, you know. It's just, I'm glad we're playing, though. And this kind of gets back to one of the big stories from the week in, in all of sports and all of baseball is Clayton Kershaw getting yanked after his seven perfect against the Dodgers. I get you want to have a, a shot at history, but you got to remember where these players are. And I think it parallels nicely to Dylan Cease. Obviously, he didn't have the perfect game going like Kershaw did, but... Do you want to risk potentially losing a guy of Dylan Cease's caliber? Especially, look at where you're at right now with your starting rotation, where you already have two guys on the shelf. I think this was managed perfectly yesterday with Dylan Cease, the 91 pitches. Again, I don't think it's necessarily a finite number. I know Jeff Passan of ESPN, he wrote the book The Arm, and talked about how it's not a finite number of pitches per se. It varies pitcher to pitcher, but you don't want to play with danger this early in the season it's april 16th play it smart and i think that's where having a veteran manager like tony la Russa 
in the dugout has really helped this team. So 312-332-3776. What did you take away from yesterday? And Dylan sees how impressed have you been with his first two starts of the season? Because here's a guy who really needs to be on his game. When you talk about shrinking down playoff rotations, if you can have Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito, and then have this caliber of Dylan Cease going for you in a playoff rotation, you're going to be looking at one of the most dangerous staffs, not just in the American League, but in all of baseball, when this White Sox team wants to compete for the playoffs and for a World Series here in 2022. Looking at some of the other things from this game as well, I think one of the unheralded parts of this early season has been the performance of Kendall Graveman. He goes out there yesterday and was fantastic. He's made five appearances so far this season, worked five and two-thirds innings, and has yet to surrender uh, an earned run so far. He's got a whip of .35, and this was in an offseason where the White Sox didn't really make any of the splashy moves they made some important moves that addressed their ball club. And I think Kendall Graveman is going to be one of those guys looking down the pipeline for what this team needs to bring to the table. And, and some of the... You can never have enough pitching in that bullpen, right? And Kendall Graveman certainly addresses that need. I look at Graveman... They talk about this all the time in football, right? With offensive linemen. It's best when you know their name, but you don't hear their name, right? Right? I kind of look at it very similarly with middle relief guys as well. And Kendall Graveman's a guy who every White Sox fan knows his name. He's had a track record of success in this league, but you don't hear his name get brought up for the wrong reasons. And I think that's something that you're seeing with Kendall Graveman here in the early going, and it's very promising. He goes out there, pitches a, a clean inning, gets two strikeouts. He's looked dominant so far. And I get that White Sox fans may have had their eyes on certain guys over the course of free agency. And Kendall Graveman, albeit was probably on the wish list for White Sox fans, maybe was not the top build guy, but he is probably going to play a more important role on this White Sox team than some of those other guys that are getting signed across the league. And I look at Graveman as a guy who, when you get to October, is going to be an absolutely instrumental piece for this White Sox team. So 312-332-3776. Where are, how are you feeling about Dylan Cease, the bullpen yesterday? Yesterday was one of the best bullpen days the White Sox have put together. And again, it was a 3-2 ball game. I don't think it really felt like a 3-2 ball game yesterday. It felt like a game where the White Sox were in control. And that's what happens when you get out there and you pounce on these teams early. You get out to that three-run lead. You give yourself a little bit of a cushion. Aaron Bummer comes in, allows the one inherited run, but then works together a, a nice little cleaned-up seventh inning. And I think Aaron Bummer's another one of those pieces who, if he's going well for this team, they're going to be extremely dangerous with their arms. And we haven't even talked about the bats that much. We mentioned Jake Berger earlier, but when you are winning games without Luis Robert putting together some miraculous performance, without Jose Abreu being the Jose Abreu that we know, without Yasmani Grandal doing much at the plate, Eloy not doing much at the plate either, and you still find ways to win, that's the sign of a well-run baseball team and one that can pose a lot of threats when you do get to October. Hey, upgrade your game day experience in a private diamond suite, the perfect space for hosting family and friends or entertaining clients for a game. For more information, call or text 312 674 
1000. This is White Sox Weekly. I'm Tyler Rocky in for Connor McKnight today. He's got the play-by-play duties with Darren Jackson. White Sox and Rays coming up at 110 today. First pitch, it'll be Michael Kopech and Corey Kluber on the mound today for those respective teams. We'll also have Jake Berger join the show later on today. Connor McKnight's going to jump in on the fun in just a little bit, and Jesse Rogers coming up as at noon today as well. So when you look at, as well, the, the bottom of the lineup that this White Sox team put together Gavin Sheets is another one of those guys that people are going to be looking for. Leori Garcia, another one of those guys who, he struggled a little bit so far to to open up the season, but again, it's April, it's tough sometimes that first month, especially for a lot of these hitters. You, You talk about all the time how pitching is usually ahead of hitting this early in the season, whether it be weather acclimation to the, your new ballparks or, or something like that of that sort. But for, for guys like the bottom of the order guys that you have, I mean, just look at some of these guys and the production that you're getting out of them. This is a team that's deep enough that they can bat Andrew Vaughn eighth in the lineup right now. They can bat a guy like Jake Berger ninth in the lineup right now. And they're the ones finding ways to win some of these early baseball games. It's exciting. It's something that the White Sox faithful certainly should be looking forward to throughout the course of this 2022 season because it's going to be an exciting one. And I look at all of these different pieces that the White Sox have. I think last year was sort of the building of this team is figuring out how all the pieces work together. You have a new manager, some new pieces in that lineup, whether it be hitting or pitching. And now this is the year where all of that, you're seeing the fruits of the labor. And that's why the White Sox, I think, are out to this 5-2 and two start right now, albeit just a week into the season. But it is, it is one of those things where we have seen teams sort of get off to slow starts at times. And you don't want to be one of those teams that, especially in an AL Central, that looks like it's going to be extremely competitive this year. It's not going to be like last year. There's a lot of really good teams in this AL Central. A lot of teams that really bolstered their rosters in the offseason. It's not going to be the cakewalk that it was last year. I think it's good that this team is getting out to the start that it has. And keep in mind, that's with suffering injuries to your top two pitchers and your starting third baseman. And for them to go out and, and get off to this start and, and pick up that win against the Rays yesterday, a really good sign for this White Sox team. 312-332-3776. We'll talk to Connor McKnight in just a little bit. This is the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. It's White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Tyler Rocky in for Connor McKnight today. He's got play-by-play duties, but he's kind enough to join us now here on White Sox Weekly. Good morning, Connor. How morning, are you? Tyler. How are you, my friend? Good I to see you. I am doing great. It's, you know, it's so much different doing this show from the park today. I should say we are at Guaranteed Rate Field right now. So much different than being in the, the State Street studios oh, of yeah. ESPN 1000 and in those dreary winter days. It, it, there's sunshine, there's grass, there's ambiance, there's the, the smells of baseball. It's great to be back here. You see stuff down here, you know? We're up here, wherever he is. The, the perch is nice. You get to see, there, there's nothing better than the sounds of the ballpark coming to life, in my opinion. 
we get to we get a cool perspective up here, and it's fun to bring it to White Sox fans. That's for sure. Absolutely. So Connor will be on the call with DJ today. First pitch at one ten here on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. All right, Connor. So. We're through a week so far of baseball. The White Sox have battled some lumps with injuries, but they're 5-2 and two right now. What's been your biggest takeaway here through the first week plus? I think the way the bullpen's been able to handle all of the innings that they've been asked to cover. You know, Dylan Cease last night was the first pitcher for the White Sox to record an out in the sixth, first starter. Um, and that's big. You know, his able ability to get into games a little bit deeper is going to be big for this club in the first month, month and a half of the season. But the bullpen picking him up the way they have – and I mean, that's the high leverage guys mm-hmm. and some of the guys who are looking to win spots like that, trying to get into some of that high leverage. They've been pretty good in keeping runs off the board. And that is, uh, that, I think that's allowed Tony to really be aggressive with some situations for guys like Ronaldo Lopez and Jose Ruiz, who have gotten some more high leverage opportunities than I thought they might early in the season. Uh, the bullpen's been very impressive so far. I like what Tony said, too, about Jose Ruiz, where he wants to get all of these guys involved early on because. You want to get a little bit of confidence in some of these guys. And I think with the bullpen, too, one of the most impressive things to me has been Kendall Graveman and how he started the season. He's, he's probably the highest profile free agent signing that this team brought in over the offseason. And again, some White Sox fans may have had their dreams of Carlos Correa and Marcus Semien or something of that sort. But Kendall Graveman's going to play a really important role. And the fact that he's come in, done his job and has sort of kept his name out of the headlines. Like, a setup guy's never going to grab the head- headlines, right? But he's kept his name out of the headlines, and I think that's important at this stage of the season right now. Yeah, he's been pretty automatic, too. It's been nice to see the strikeouts for him. The contact has been soft here and there. Uh, five scoreless outings, I want to say, for Kendall Graveman already, so that's been good to see. Um, I-, I think, you know, when the White Sox signed him in the offseason, there was a-, a sense that they were buying high on a guy whose fixes came with Seattle and moved into the bullpen kind of full-time just recently. But they've gotten the performance that we've seen from Kendall Graveman. You know, there was a little bit of, um, he flagged a little bit with Houston down in the postseason, but this uh, this was something better. This is something pretty impressive, I, I think, from Kendall so far. All right, so you look at some other things with this White Sox team here in the early going. Jake Berger's performance yesterday, so, so impressive. I mean, you got a guy from the nine hole who can help you go win a ball game. That, to me, is a sign of a good baseball team. No doubt about it. I think the other thing, too, with with Berger, you know, you look at the RBI single he had. I think it was his second at bat. The first swing, he came out of his shoes a little bit. I think he was looking for first pitch fastball, perhaps, and he didn't get what he wanted. Then redirects that approach to dump one into right field, get a job done, and score a run. So that's that's a big moment for Jake. Uh, I know he can take it yard. White Sox fans have seen that for a while now. That was the, the draft profile on him coming out. 430 out to left field was in a spot where, you know, Tim Anderson took one in the center field, couldn't quite get it there. Robert did, Abreu did. Jake found the seats um, and a cold night, cold night last night. So it was kind of Jake's. I think Jake's going to play a really big role here. And we've seen Moncada down on the field taking ground balls here, and that's great. You know, the White Sox will need him and that on base percentage. Jake's a guy that can more than float you in the case of injury. We're seeing that now. All right, Connor McKnight, he'll be on the call with DJ later on today. First pitch coming up at 110. Thanks so much for joining us here on White Sox Weekly. All right, let's go over to the phone lines now where we bring in the hero of last night's game. It is Jake Berger, third baseman for the White Sox. Jake, thanks so much for joining us here on White Sox Weekly. I just got to say, how did it feel to get that first home run of the season out of this, into the seats last night? 
<laughs> well, thanks for the intro. I, I would say Dylan Cease is probably the hero of uh, last night. Um, but Chicks dig the long ball, Jake. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it, it felt really good. And, uh, you know, get it under the belt. And, uh, you know, it, it, it feels good to uh, get your first one of the season. And now uh, you, can, you can go. You don't have that in the back of your head anymore. So you being a younger guy on this team, especially a team that's made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons, what's that experience like being kind of the younger guy who is filled in a room full of vets with playoff experience, all-star nods, all that stuff? What's that like for you? Yeah, it's it's incredible. You know, I'm trying to learn something every day. Um, getting to work with with Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal, getting to talk to them about their approach or what their routine is every single day. It's been incredible, and it, it's only helped me. I, I swear I'm learning something new every day, and, um, you know, I'm taking bits and pieces here and there and, and building my own routine from that. Jake Berger, our guest here on White Sox Weekly on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. So, Jake, Who's been the vet that has sort of taken you under your wing here in the early stages of your career? Um, I, w- I would say Tim Anderson. Um, he, he's helped me with uh, approach and defensive stuff. Um, and always being that, like, that, that voice in the back of my head that's just calming me down. Um, you know, I, I get really fired up and, uh, you know, maybe a little too, too fired up. So uh, him being there and, like, calming me down has been huge. Um, that. But RBI single last night, um, I swung at that first pitch, the slider in the dirt, and uh, took a step back, and I could hear him from the uh, on-deck circle saying, hey, just slow it down, man, slow it down, and uh, kind of reset me for that at-bat. So it, it's been awesome getting to work with him every day and taking ground balls with him and um, you know, just, just learning, learning from him has been huge. Now, we know Tim's got not just the most swag on the White Sox, but maybe in the entire league right now. Is he, is he a swag coach for you, too? <laughs> well, if if he is, he's not doing a great job because <laughs> I don't have that much swag. <laughs> how how many pairs pairs of shoes do you have in the closet right now? Um, you know, I got I got, probably got like ten pair, but like ones for like walking, ones for running, like nothing like super like hey, like look at me, you know. Um, I'm slowly getting there, so uh, hopefully uh, by the end of the season, maybe I'll I'll catch up a little bit. Jake Berger with us here on White Sox Weekly. Jake, so two for three yesterday. What's the toughest part? You're not in the lineup, the starting lineup today, but what's the toughest part of in, out, in, out, and just sort of playing that role of a guy who can kind of be called on in a pinch? Yeah, yeah I mean, you know what? Like, I I was hurt for three years, and, uh, you know, I, I just tell myself, control the controllables, you know? Um, obviously, we... We have a better matchup um, against Kluber with, with the lineup we have today. I mean, there's uh, there's no doubt about it. And like you know, it, yeah, going in and out. It sometimes it's hard to get in a groove, but that you know, I, I don't look at it like that. I look at it as I get an opportunity to come off the bench if it's a close game and and you know make, make a mark on the game. So um, you know, it's just constantly going day by day and and you know hammering home that routine and um you know always staying ready no matter what um because you never know when your name's going to get called in the middle of the game and you got to come off the bench you've been very vocal about your injuries and the struggles that you had internally with coping with those injuries and the rehab process and, and making sure that you were going to get to this big league level how often do you just step out onto the field and sort of pinch yourself and say, I got here, I did this, and, and this is a dream come true for me? 
Yeah, I mean, there's not a second that goes by where I'm I'm in this clubhouse and I I think back to the injury and just everything that I went through and, um, you know, it's I'm just enjoying it, you know, day by day. Like, there's not a second that goes by in the clubhouse that I'm having fun and just enjoying it. Um, You know, it doesn't doesn't matter if I'm 0 for 4 or 4 for 4, you know, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it and have fun playing the game and, um, you know, play, playing the sport I love. So um, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard not to reminisce about it, but, um, you know, I, I always just have that, hey, you're lucky to be playing this game, so let's, let's go have some fun and, and work as hard as we can. What was the hardest part for you in that path to get to the big leagues where now you can run out onto guaranteed rate field and say I overcame that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say uh, my mental struggles um, because I think that directly leads to the the physical struggles. Um, you know, it's it, it was tough. I mean, I got to the point where I, I wanted to quit baseball and um, not not do this anymore. And um, thank God for my parents because they they told me to keep going and don't regret anything in life. And um, you know, they, they were right. So um, you know, it's. When I look back on it, you know, that that's probably the thing that I overcame to, to get to this spot. And that's not saying I, I don't struggle with it still, you know. But, um, you know, there's there's some things in place that I can put in that, that can help me um, not, not struggle as much. I'm glad you brought up the mental side of things because baseball is a game where, again, success at the highest level is one for three. You're failing two times out of every three. And the, the mental burden that this game can put on people, and we live now in an era that's been more embracing of mental health. How much has maybe the changing era helped you in your path to the big leagues of we're embracing people who who may be struggling a little bit mentally? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, for the White Sox and, and the front office, you know, understanding what I was going through. Uh, Chris Getz and I have a great relationship because of that. Um, you know, he, he understood what I was going through mentally. So, um, you know, they, they showed me a lot of patience when, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't have to. So, um, you know, I, like I said, like I wouldn't be here if, um, you know, the, the times weren't, weren't more accepting of um, speaking about your, your mental health um, and, and every, everything you're struggling with at home. Who was the person who really enabled you to be able to speak about some of that stuff? Hmm. Uh, when Kevin Love uh, posted a Players Tribune um, article about his his battles, um, you know, both on the court and off the court, kind of kind of resonated with me, and I, I wanted to start speaking about it as well, um, you know, because I, there, no, nobody out there is alone in this battle. You know, there's there's so many people out there that are struggling, both vocal and not. Um, and so, if I can spread my message and, and my battle, if that can help only one person out there, you know, that's, that's what I want to do. What message would you give to, to maybe young ball players or, or anybody? It doesn't have to be a ball player. It doesn't have to be an athlete. It can be anybody that that's maybe going through some of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, first step is to realize you're not alone. Um, you know, I, I thought I was alone for, for the longest time. I thought I was the only one dealing with something, um, for the longest time. And then, um, I, I tweeted that out and, there are so many people that reached out to me saying they, they were dealing with the same thing. Um, and then after that, I think there's a couple of things that I did um, in terms of like meditation and, and going on hikes and d- doing some something outdoors, um, whether it's like walking, biking, hiking, whatever it may be, 
um, just to get you outside of the house and, um, you know, into nature. I, I think that that resonates um, really well um, and, and it helped me mentally. Um, and so those are like the two main things that I would say. And then and then be open about it. I mean, talk to your friends, talk to your family, um, you know. It might seem scary at first, but, um, you know, there, there's so many people out there that have dealt with it that, um, you know, can, can kind of talk you through what, what their battle was like. Jake Berger with us here on White Sox Weekly. Jake, I know you've got a podcast, too, where you talk about the mental side of the game, physical side of, of life and everything and baseball. Can you tell us a little bit about what we're going to find if we tune into your podcast? Yeah, so um, it, so it's called the training camp, um, and it's based off of the uh, the burger bombs that I released this off season. Um, and the the burger bombs stand for be open, open a book, meditate, uh, be active, or break a sweat, and uh, set a routine. So um, it, it kind of like has has different segments on each one of those things, and I, I bring in like. Guys like Kevin Smith with the Oakland Athletics and uh, Daniel Lynch with the Kansas City Royals. So um, talk to them about how they used one of these uh, five tools um, and their their mental battles or um, on the field. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know where, where it's going to go, but, um, you know, I just want to get the information out there for whoever needs it. Now, is it weird talking to guys like Daniel Lynch? You're going to face him a number of times over the course of your big league career with both of you guys being mm -hmm. in the AL Central. And I knew Daniel a little bit from our time together in the Cape Cod League. Uh, but is it weird going up against and talking to some of these guys that uh, are, are going to be some of your rivals here for these next couple of years? Yeah, for sure. I mean... Obviously, like we we work out in the off season together, so um, you know in the off season we're friends. But uh, when we both put on our uniforms and we step out on the field, you know it's uh, we're, we're enemies, and um, you know we're, we're trying to beat each other. So um, it, it's pretty easy to turn it on and off, uh, especially with him. He's he's a great dude, but um, you know when when we get on on the field and I have to face him, um, you know he's he's not my friend anymore. Now, real quick, before I get you out of here, I saw yesterday that home run powered by a Portillo's strawberry shake. <laughs> I have to ask you, what is your Portillo's order? Um, so, so the night before that game, um, it was a cob, sa chop salad. Um, One of the best the, that you'll find. I think that's the best thing on the menu. It by is, far. yeah. Um, so I got that, and then like a a chicken sandwich on the side. Um, and, and Ashlyn, um, ordered a strawberry milkshake and I took like two sips out of it, but then she thought it'd be funny to, uh, roast me on Twitter. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny cause, uh, White Sox Twitter, uh, really, really flipped the switch after I hit the home run. Like this man deserves all the milkshakes in the world. <laughs> Get this man an endorsement. How about it? Jake Berger, our guest here on White Sox weekly. We appreciate the time and best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you so much. All right, let's step, step aside for 10 seconds real quick for station identification here on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. All right, coming up next, I want to hear what the most impressive thing you've seen from the White Sox here in the early stages of the season. I know we're just a week in, but there's building blocks to these seasons. What has impressed you the most about the White Sox so far? 312-332-3776, 312-332-3776. You're listening to White Sox Weekly here on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Randall gives him the signs with the fingers. 
2-2, swing and a miss, strike three, tag applied, pitch was in the dirt, inning over. Graveman with two strikeouts and a 1-2-3 top of the eighth. Here's the pitch, swing and a miss, strike three. The Rays go in order. The final score tonight, a very well-played, tight ball game. The White Sox beat the Rays 3-2. 3-2 your final yesterday. Another White Sox winner, 5-2 here on the young season. This is White Sox Weekly on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Tyler Rocky in for Connor McKnight today. He's in the big chair with DJ. He'll be on the play-by-play call coming up. At 1.10 later on today, it's Michael Kopech on the hill for the White Sox and Corey Kluber on the other side for Tampa Bay. Should be a great pitching matchup here at Guaranteed Rate Field. So you heard the highlights from last night, courtesy of Len Casper here on ESPN 1000. And I want to highlight what the bullpen has sort of done so far. Because White Sox fans, I'm asking you right now, what has been the most impressive part of this White Sox team through the early stages of the season. Again, it's very early. Only seven games have been played, but I think there's still value of living in the moment in sports because that's part of the beauty of sports. If you're not living in the moment, which you can right now with this White Sox team sitting at 5-2 and two right now, then why are you watching the games? Live in the moment a little bit with me here, White Sox fans. What's impressed you most? And I think Kendall Graveman, for me, has been one of those guys. He logged the inning yesterday, picked up his fourth hold of the season, and paired it with a couple of strikeouts so far. I don't want to say Kendall Graveman has been a revelation for me so far, but it's been a really consistent thing that this White Sox bullpen has had here in the early stages of this season. And in a season where I think bullpens are going to be paramount, again, think about everything that's gone on in baseball with the injuries to pitchers here in the early going um, and the shortened spring trainings that these players had because of the lockout. You're seeing these pitchers work these much shorter outings. The White Sox had their first pitcher go and record an out in the sixth yesterday, as Connor McKnight, who joined us earlier, alluded to. And for these shorter outings, you're going to need not just a quality of arms in your bullpen, you're going to need quantity as well in that bullpen. So to have a guy like Kendall Graveman be that rock for you in that eighth inning, I'm sure he'll get some chances in the ninth inning as well, That, to me, has been one of the most impressive things I've seen out of this White Sox team so far. Oh, and by the way, Dylan Cease looks like a Cy Young candidate right now. Right now, if you go to FanDuel, he is third in the odds for AL Cy Young at 10-1. to He has been dynamite here in the early going. And, hey, if you want some good news, White Sox fans, I'm looking across at the bullpen right now, and I see Lucas Giolito fully suited up. In his uniform, he's doing some throwing today, so certainly a good sign for White Sox fans. 312-332-3776, that's the phone number. I want to hear from you. What has been the most impressive part of this first seven-game stretch for the White Sox? Is it... Is it something that you've seen at the plate? Is it something that you've seen out of the bullpen? 312-332-3776. Let's check in with Ron on the south side. Ron, what's been most impressive to you so far? Good morning. Um, Tim Anderson. And, and, and the reason I say that, certainly it's early, hitting 429. But he really, really sets the tone 
for that offense. I was thinking about the games, the two games he missed. But um, for me, is 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 definitely him. And, and I I remember it was a uh, record when uh, pretty impressive record when Tim Anderson gets on base for the White Sox. But you're just talking about a, a table setter and just it's just. The, 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 he sets the tone for the offense. So, um, and you know, with some of the um, pitching problems we have, kind of relying on that offense to, you know, to get a help us get some wins. So that's it. I'm going with um, Tim Anderson and looking forward to uh, White Sox win today. Yeah, thanks so much, Ron. Appreciate your call. And if you want to get in, 312-332-3776. You know, it's funny you bring up Tim Anderson because he's got the scorching numbers. Again, he missed the first two games of the season serving that suspension, like Ron alluded to there. But the thing about Tim Anderson is that you almost expect this out of him now. Like, this is what he does. He's the heartbeat of this team. He's always on base at the top of this lineup. And again, early portion of the season but he's hitting about 430 right now is he going to end the season hitting 430 no but we know tim anderson as a guy who can be a batting champ in the american league and the reason why and again i i fully respect ron for for saying that tim anderson is his guy but tim anderson is just sort of doing what i've seen tim anderson do and that is play baseball at an extremely high level that's why to me it's been impressive the things that we've seen out of Dylan Cease so far, out of Kendall Graveman, sort of some of these unknowns. We're heading into the season. There were unknowns with this White Sox team. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's more of it. I don't know. And sometimes it's okay to say I don't know to, to some of these questions. And the revelations that they have provided to me has been one of the biggest reasons why the White Sox have had the early success that they do. Because, hey, if you're not getting quality innings out of Kendall Graveman, if you're not getting three saves out of Liam Hendricks here in your first five wins, if you're not getting some of these at-bats from Andrew Vaughn and Jake Berger, this team's not 5-2 and two right now. And in a division this year, in the AL Central, that is going to be extremely, extremely close, some of these early wins, you may look back and say, you know, if we didn't win that game against the Rays, if we didn't lock down that eighth and ninth inning against Tampa back in April, that may be the reason why you don't win a division here or there. And, and uh, that can be said across the AL Central right now. It is going to be probably a, a three or four team race when it's all said and done. That's how deep the AL Central is looking at some of the the big moves that were made over the course of this offseason. So 312-332-3776, if you want to jump on in, tell me what's been the most impressive thing that you have seen out of the White Sox here through the first seven games. Hey, Sox fans, you can now watch the fourth episode of TA7, the story of Tim Anderson, the official Tim Anderson documentary presented by Nike. See why Tim's efforts off the field is inspiring future baseball players and how he's turned pain into purpose for communities in Chicago and Tuscaloosa. Go to YouTube slash White Sox to check it out. The finale drops Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central. And also, Sox fans, join us at Guaranteed Right Field on Friday, April 29th, as the White Sox take on the Los Angeles Angels at 6.10 p.m. Be sure to stay after the game for a post-game fireworks show presented by the Morton Arboretum, growing strong for 100 years. To purchase tickets, visit WhiteSox.com slash promos. Another guy who we haven't touched on a lot today is Andrew Vaughn. I do want to get to some things with Andrew Vaughn because he has been 
fantastic for this White Sox team this year. He was great for them last year as well. And his name has started to come up in some trade rumors as well. I want to address that in a little bit more with Andrew Vaughn. Should the White Sox look at moving an Andrew Vaughn? Rick Hahn answered that question on Captain Jay Hood. We'll let you hear from him when we come back here on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Back on White Sox Weekly here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Tyler Rocky in for Connor McKnight today. I'll have your pregame as well on the FanDuel White Sox pregame show. That's coming up at 1230. We'll also talk to Jesse Rogers at noon. Connor's got play-by-play for first pitch with Darren Jackson starting at 1 as we are taking a look at all things White Sox here, everything from the week that you've seen from your Chicago White Sox here on White Sox Weekly. So the question that I've posed out there is, through these first seven games, what has impressed you the most about this White Sox team? And one of the guys, to me, that has stepped up in a big way this season has been Andrew Vaughn. Now, he's been sort of in and out of the lineup. He's a guy who can play a lot of positions for you. And I think positional flexibility is sort of a lost art, not just in in baseball, but really in sports. I mean, you think about specialization and what that is for for sports. You hear that word all the time. It's a big buzzword about, oh, someone's kid has, is dedicated, locked in. It's going to be baseball, baseball, baseball for them at age 7. It's going to be football, football, football for them starting at age 10. And a lot of coaches will tell you specialization is not a good thing. It's good to train the body to have these different abilities to do different things. And I think that kind of parallels to what Andrew Vaughn has provided for this White Sox team. You could see him at pretty much any corner spot on a diamond, and he can play that position well, whether it's third, whether it's first, whether it's left, whether it's right. And that, to me, is a very, very important piece that you're going to want around for a long time if you're the White Sox. Now, Andrew Vaughn's name has been floated around in trade rumors. Whether or not they hold a lot of water is up to you. But Rick Hahn was on our flagship station with Captain Jay Hood earlier in the week on the home opener day, and he addressed everything that's been going on with the trade rumors surrounding Andrew Vaughn. Yeah, and I was telling Cap earlier, I said Andrew Vaughn isn't going anywhere, right, Rick? I mean, never say never, uh, Jonathan, but, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we like him a lot. Right, unless right. Shohei Otani's on a plane to Chicago, it's not happening. He's an important part of our future. We think the world of him, and it's, it, it's a sign of respect and, and mutual admiration throughout the league that he's frequently asked about. But, again, we view him as a, a really good White Sox for a long time to come. And you hear him talk about Andrew Vaughn glowingly, and rightfully so. Andrew has gotten off to a really nice start to his career. He's doing some really good things here in the early portions of the season. Already has knocked two home runs out of the park, hitting 350, has brought in six runs as well. Oh, and by the way, he's 24 years old. I mean, we're talking about one of the guys who won the Heisman of college baseball not too long ago. He's been a part of Team USA Baseball during his collegiate days. He's performed and exceeded expectations at every single step along the way. 
And on top of that, he's not playing in his natural position as well. You're talking about a guy who was picked third overall in the first round back in 2019. And he's navigated his way to the big leagues all while getting very minimal reps at the minor league level because of the fact that there was the pandemic that shut down a lot of levels of baseball and made it difficult. And that, to me, just makes it that much more impressive that Andrew Vaughn has reached the level that he's at right now. To be a staple in a big league lineup and has been a guy who's terrorized lefties and can be a guy that can play all these different positions for you. The positional flexibility thing to me, especially for a team that has battled a lot of injuries over the last two years, is such an important thing. I remember last year, there were a couple times where I watched Andrew Vaughn, and I was thoroughly impressed with the way that he picked up the left field position when Eloy went down for an extended period of time with that injury last year. To me, his ability to play balls off the wall, to get the ball back into the infield quickly, to just make the simple plays that, for a lot of guys, in their first time out there in left field, can look really difficult. And Andrew Vaughn, I think, put a lot of White Sox fans at ease with his ability to play defense at a number of different positions last year. That, to me, is why this guy needs to be a focal point of the future. When you look at, across the board, of the youth on this White Sox team, I mean, just look at the lineup that's out there today. You've got guys like Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. Those are sort of your staples. Those are your guys that I think when you think of youth and this White Sox team, those are the guys that in some order are one, two for you. But to me, I look at Andrew Vaughn as a guy who might be three in terms of if I'm prioritizing the, the youth and, and the guys that are sort of in that 26 and under club right now on this White Sox team, I look at Vaughn as a guy who he's got the pop in his bat. He's got the positional flexibility to do a lot of really good things for you. That's a guy that I want in my lineup. And eventually he's going to be a guy that plays every day, right? Eventually that is going to come up and it's going to be something that is just going to be the routine that we see Andrew Vaughn in. Now, He's in the lineup today. He's hitting ninth today. He has not hit ninth so far this season, but if you're going to have a, a bat at that quality in your ninth spot, that just shows the built-up depth that this team has. And part of the reason why, and Rick Hahn has alluded to this in the past, as recently as I believe it was opening day at the home opener, Part of the reason why you go through rebuilds is so that when you do have a guy that you draft third overall is to not have to trade that guy. Use that piece as a focal point of your future, and that's what I think Andrew Vaughn is. Listen, Jose Abreu is not going to play forever. Andrew Vaughn's a guy that can make that succession plan at first base whenever that may come. For Jose. And again, Jose's got plenty of really good years in his bat, as he's proven. I mean, he's been an MVP as recently as two years ago. To have a guy like Andrew Vaughn, that's what you build around. You have these guys on your team, on your roster, performing for you at the big league level right now so that you don't have to trade them. 
That's what the farm system is for when you're a contending team like the White Sox are right now. And that's exactly what this team is. They are a team that has the World Series on the brain. And they should because they've got the horses to get them there in the lineup, in the rotation, in the bullpen. And when you're a contender, I get that you've had some some injuries to your, your starting pitching. You've had some some pieces that maybe you want filled in across the diamond for you as well. And when you hear the name Frankie Montas get brought up, that's one that, okay, it, it perks your ears up a little bit if you're a White Sox fan. It's an intriguing piece for sure. But is Andrew Vaughn the piece that you want to give up for that? I don't think it should be. Even if you want to go out and hunt more starting pitching, because again, you can never have enough arms especially this season. I mean, look at some of the teams that go out there and pick up extra arms, even though they already have a five-man rotation for them. To me, I'm keeping Andrew Vaughn because that's a guy that I can see being a three-hitter for you in the future. That's the level of potential that you're looking at with a guy like Andrew Vaughn. And not to mention the fact that we don't know exactly what... Michael Kopech and Dylan Cease are. And I don't mean that to demean them because, I mean, Dylan Cease is off to a stellar start. Michael Kopech was really good his first time out this season. But the unknown, if those become knowns, if, if you see Dylan Cease be your number three in your rotation, but pitching more like a number two or a number one, and you've got Michael Kopech, who maybe is your number four in your rotation, but he's pitching more like a two, then you don't necessarily need a guy like a Frankie Monta. So I think looking at, at, at trades and stuff in April can be somewhat of a futile exercise at times, and I think it's something that this White Sox team, sure, you've had some lumps from an injury standpoint here early on, but you're still 5-2. and two. You're 5-2 and two and you're playing Really good baseball. This is a team that, remember, in that opening game, very easily could have won that game. You got that late Vaughn home run that gave yourself a chance in the end. This is a team that could be 6-1 and one right now. And all of that is being done without your number one pitcher, with your number two pitcher getting injured in his start, and your starting third baseman has also not stepped on the field yet this season. And you're still in the position that you are in right now. You took care of a good Mariners team. You took care of a team in the division in the Tigers, taking two out of three from from both of those teams. And right now, you're taking on a raised team, and you've already taken the first game of a series. I think you're in a really good spot if you're the White Sox right now. And I think Andrew Vaughn has to be a big piece of that future. Hey, Sox fans, have you checked out the White Sox podcast, Sox Degrees? They have great guests all season long, some close to the team and some six degrees away. New episodes drop every other Monday to listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to rate and review that as well. And hey, if you missed any of our podcast as well, any of this show today here on White Sox Weekly, be sure to check it out on the ESPN Chicago app. Download that ESPN Chicago app available available for Android and for Apple as well. We're going to talk to Jesse Rogers coming up at noon, but hey, I brought up those Dylan Cease, Cy Young odds, 
I've got an interesting question for White Sox fans out there. What is more likely this season? You've got Dylan Cease as a Cy Young candidate or Luis Robert as an MVP candidate. Which is more likely in your eyes? We'll talk about that coming up next. You're listening to White Sox Weekly here on the... One, two. Swing and a miss, strike three. Cease has fanned eight. And that'll be the last pitch he throws. Dominant outing yesterday for Dylan Cease. Goes five and two-thirds, strikes out eight. Another fantastic feather in the cap for Dylan Cease, a guy the White Sox really looking at to take that next step for this White Sox team. We're with you here on White Sox Weekly on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Tyler Rocky. Connor McKnight's got the play-by-play duties today. He'll be on the call with Darren Jackson coming up at 1.10 for the first pitch. I'll have you on the FanDuel White Sox pregame show. That is getting going at 12.30 today. So I did a little fishing around on FanDuel and a couple of things caught my eyes. Dylan Cease has already risen to number three in FanDuel's odds to win the Cy Young. He's slotted at 10-1 to 1 right now. Meanwhile, on the other side, on for the MVP candidates, Luis Robert, currently fifth in the odds right now on FanDuel at 20-1 to 1 to take home the AL MVP. You're talking about two players that are unbelievably important. And I think heading into this season, a lot of people had some buzz with Luis Robert. Could he be an MVP for this team? Could he be that guy and propel this team? Because remember, Robert is is everything. He's got speed on the base pass. He's got the ability to play at a very high level out in center field. He's a guy that can be an every-year sort of all-star player and get himself into the MVP conversation every single year. That's the type of talent we're talking about with Luis Robert. Dylan Cease, you've heard everything about him coming up through the minor leagues. He was in that big trade along with Eloy Jimenez that brought him here from the north side of town. That is the, you've always heard about the potential with Dylan Cease. Last year, you started to see that potential get flashed. He had some amazing outings out there for this White Sox team. He dominated teams within the division last year. And then this year, you've seen him come out and put together two really strong starts in really, I'm not going to say important spots, but certainly for April, if we're setting stakes in April, I would say they're pretty important spots. You look at the the first game that he appeared in right after you saw Lucas Giolito go down. And when you see a leader like Lucas go down, a guy that as that is as important to the pitching staff as Lucas is, and you see him sustain that early injury, that can bring a team down. That can tank team morale, especially for a team that maybe having a little bit of PTSD from last year with the injury bug that they went through. I mean, it seemed like every other week it was something new. And for Cease to go out there and put together the performance that he did against the Tigers spoke volumes to me. He got the ball in a big situation against a team that he's been very good against over the course of his career. And on top of that, he went out, pitched well, against a division team that is going to be on the up and up this year. Again, this is not going to be an easy AL Central this season. And then he follows that up against a team that has been one of the better teams in the American League over the last five or so years in Tampa Bay. 
and he shuts them down yesterday. Goes five and two-thirds and strikes out eight. I'm excited to see what happens when everything sort of stretches out for these pitchers with Dylan Cease. I'm really excited because he's a guy who, again, he was sort of, you started to, to learn a little bit of what Dylan Cease was, but I think it's still unknown what is his potential as a White Sox pitcher. Where does he slot in into this? If you're the White Sox, you need to have a really strong three, and it's got to be either Cease or Kopech. And the nice thing about having that is the fact that you have an option. A lot of teams don't have that option of, all right, we just need one of these guys to hit, and we'll be really strong with our one through three. You could have both of them hit and have the best one through four in all of baseball. That's the case with this White Sox team if they deliver upon potential with guys like Cease, with guys like Michael Kopech, and then you've got a veteran who's won a World Series as your five in Dallas Keuchel. That is a very, very strong rotation that you could be looking at with this White Sox team. Now, will Dylan Cease win the Cy Young? That remains to be seen. Again, it's April. It's premature to, to sort of look at some of these awards, but I think it's important that he's establishing himself into that sort of conversation here at this stage in the game when it's a young guy, 26 years old, but this could be another one of those foundational pieces that this team can ride with and build a really strong future for this roster and this pitching staff. If you're getting a guy like Dylan Cease, much like with Luis Robert, a guy who is going to be in the all-star mix, is going to be in the MVP conversation. If you can have that on the pitching side long-term with a guy like Dylan Cease, you completely, I don't want to say change the outlook of your future because the, the future is bright because of the hitting that you have, and not just that you have it, but you have it long-term with some of the contracts that these guys have signed over the last handful of years and building out that sustainable success, which isn't easy. There have been a lot of down years for White Sox fans, and to have this sort of future is something that is certainly something that you want to build upon and you want to have. So 312-332-3776, if you've got any White Sox thoughts for us here, let's check in with Brian in Elmhurst. What's going on, Brian? Hey, Tyler, how you doing today? Good. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing all right, thanks. Um, okay, so back to like your early question about what I'm most impressed with, mm-hmm. I would have to say it is our bullpen right now because um, with Lynn and Gio being out, um, we haven't really had any quality start, and we also really have only had that one dominant victory against the Tigers that was 10-1. Mm-hmm. to Other than that, all of these have been pretty close games where our bullpen has really kept us in the game. And so I think that's the thing I'm most impressed with. And then I guess I have a couple questions for you. If you want to answer, you don't have to. Yeah. Um, uh, how is Joe Kelly coming along? And then also if you had to go after one, like, left-handed arm in the bullpen, um, what prospects or, like, minor leaguers would you give up and who would you go after? Thanks yeah, for taking my call. You have yourself a good day. Yeah, and we thank you for the call here on White Sox Weekly, Brian, and 312-332-3776 if you want to get in on that. Let me address this in pieces here, okay, because I think one thing when you look at the bullpen, and that's why the bullpen has been so impressive to me, is 
they have put together some really strong performances against good hitting teams. And this team is 5-2, and two, and the bullpen's a big reason why. I, I get they stumbled a little bit in the opener against Detroit, but to have the performances and to have the solidity that Kendall Graveman brings to this team on the back end, that to me is a really, really good sign. And bullpen is going to be paramount this year, not just for the White Sox, but across baseball. I'm interested. I'm going to ask Jesse Rogers this when we have him on at noon about what the, what the, the bullpens are going to look like, especially. And when, when are we going to see, teams start to stretch out their starters and get them out to quality start level at six innings, even extend them further, seven. Will we see, start to see some eight-inning performances out of guys, too? And again, the nature of the game, the way it is now, you don't see a, a ton of guys really go much more than six, six and a, a couple thirds maybe. But I look at the, the White Sox bullpen, and that to me is, is a fundamental reason why they have had the amount of success that they have had through a week of this season. It's been exciting to see, and it's been promising as well. In terms of an injury update on Joe Kelly, I don't have one for you right now. Um, I didn't see him out here throwing, but that doesn't mean he wasn't out there throwing. Again, I've kind of been keeping my eyes bouncing around all over the place, pinballing across the diamonds. Um, But I don't have that for you right now. But Joe Kelly is another one of those guys who, when he comes back, that's just further ammo for this team. This team's been as impressive as it's been, and it's had its bumps and bruises so far. And that, to me, just gives me even more optimism about this team as you tread closer and closer, and the months come along, and the summers starts to near. I mean, I think I saw next week it's starting to, to creep its way into the 70s, and that's when you start to see some of these bats sort of heat up a little bit along with that as well. Uh, let's go out to Larry in Naperville. Larry, what's going on? Hey, hey, Tyler, how you doing? I'm good, Larry. How are you? Good. Um, you know, a couple things. The, the Vaughn trade talk is just nonsense. I mean, it, it's not even it's not even worth talking anymore about it. What I'd like to hear from Han, and I think they'll knowing the Sox the way their mo has been, they're going to try and they should lock him up now for five years. Yeah. Um, I I think that's the conversation about Vaughn. He he is the heir apparent to Braywood first. No question. Secondly, you know, Graven's not a revelation. Gra- Graven's an all-star pitcher. The only revelation is is that the, the, the free agents, a la Hendricks and now Graven, that we've gotten are performing to the level we expected. I mean, they're, they're doing what we they're, were supposed to do, and that's nice to see. You know, remember years back, David Wells or, you know, guys mm-hmm. we got that uh, didn't perform at the level they were, we thought they were. That's, you know, you let, the other thing is we haven't even talked about A.J. Pollock, right. which is, you know, I mean, he's a tremendous player, and he'll be back very shortly. And lastly, I think it's phenomenal that Mankata's not playing. I'm not a fan of him. I think he's way overrated. Um, he hasn't hit for two years. And the fact that Berger is maybe showing he's a legitimate player not only gives us maybe a trade out because they aren't going to trade Moncada, unfortunately, uh, but um, that's helped us also. And lastly, this Bennett Sousa, uh, you, you mentioned names. That's a revelation. A guy like yeah. 
this guy from the minor leagues, and it comes up, and he looks like he could play, and he throws strikes. Um, so those are my thoughts. Uh, the Sox obviously are impressive. When they get Lynn and Giolito back, we will be uh, fortified, and you never know what Johnny Cueto's going to bring. Right. Well, Larry, appreciate the call there, and you kind of sprayed to all fields there. So let me address a couple things that Larry brought up. And I want to start with Yoan Moncada here because, yes, Yo-Yo was a guy who in 2019 hit 315, hit 25 home runs, had an OPS plus of 140. That's, that's an immaculate number there for a guy that was just 24 years old. But here's one of the things that I think gets lost with Yoan is his defensive abilities. And to find guys that can play defense at the level that Yoan Moncada can, and again, he's another one of those guys who has the ability to maybe move around the diamond if need be. He came up as a second baseman through the Red Sox organization and then has shifted his way over to third base. And you can talk about the struggles that he's maybe had over the last two seasons, but again, 2020, for better or for worse, I'm not going to take much away from that season for anybody in all of baseball because it's a 60-game season. It's a weird time frame, and it just felt like the objectives were different, right? Like, you think about in the NFL how every game means so much in football. You only get 16 of them. Whereas in baseball, if you drop a game in April, it's not the end of the world. If you drop a single game in May, you, you choke away a lead in, in the ninth in May, it's not the end of the world. You, you've got 161, 160 more of those that you get to go through. But when you condense that and break it down into 60 different objectives, guys maybe pressing a little bit more. Some guys just take a little bit to, to get going. We see all the time guys who will go out and hit 400 in a month, guys who will go out and hit 380 in a month. And sometimes you don't get that when you only play two months. And we know Yoan was one of those guys who had his bouts with COVID. And I'd give it time. He's 26 years old right now. I'm going to be patient with a guy like Yoan Moncada. 27 years old, I should say, for for Yoan Moncada. Um, But who's counting, right? Uh, 312-332-3776 if you want to get on in like Larry and Brian did. Hey, entertain your group in the CIBC fan box. The only luxury suite on the main concourse. Enjoy customizable food and beverage options in 2022. For more information, call 312-674-1000 or visit whitesocks.com slash suites. I'm Tyler Rocky. This is White Sox Weekly. And when we come back, we'll talk with ESPN's Jesse Rogers, get the pulse of the White Sox. And also, when are we going to start to see these pitchers build themselves out into some six, seven-inning outings? Maybe even more. At this point in the season, we were getting no hitters left and right. We'll talk to Jesse about all of that coming up in just a little bit on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. White Sox Weekend here on the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Tyler Rocky in for Connor McKnight. I'll also have you on the FanDuel White Sox pregame show. Connor's got the big chair today. He's working with DJ. First pitch between the White Sox and Rays coming up at 110 Central. All right. 
Before we get to Jesse Rogers, he's our guest. He's going to join us in. Bring your family of four to a White Sox game starting at $70 with a family four-pack presented by Exxon Mobil. You'll get four tickets, four hot dogs, four drinks, and four chips to select games. Plus, with every purchase, you've got a chance to win mobile gasoline for a year. So for tickets, visit WhiteSox.com slash four-packs. All right, let's head out to... Jesse Rogers with ESPN.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at Jesse Rogers ESPN. He's our guest here on White Sox Weekly. Good morning, Jess. How you doing here a week into this baseball season? Yeah, good, good. I mean, very impressed by the White Sox, that's for sure. I didn't know if they'd get off to a, a decent start after those injuries to Giolito and Lynn, but uh, they're playing well. They're winning, you know, in opening games of the series and taken series so far so here's a, a a race team that's really good and they came out and pitched really well last night so very impressed by the White Sox start and like I said couldn't know for sure what it would be like without Lynn and Gilito but they've picked up the slack on the mound for sure that to me has been the most impressive thing uh the depth on the mound so far hasn't been perfect of course not but they've pitched well enough to get off to a good start you know it's funny you bring that up Jesse because five and two if you told White Sox fans they'd be 5-2 and two through the first seven games, I think a lot of them wouldn't really bat an eye either way. I think that's sort of where White Sox fans and the, the expectations for this team might be through the first week of the season, but it's almost like golf. They don't put pictures on the scorecard, right? If you told me you're 5-2, and two, but Yoan Moncada hasn't played a game for you. Lance Lynn is on the injured list to start the season. Lucas Giolito went down with an injury as well, and you're sort of shuffling all these pieces together. That, to me, has been the most impressive thing is they're 5-2, and two, but the, the stuff that they've had to overcome to get to 5-2 and two ha, has been remarkable. And don't take 5-2 and two for granted, even though it's just seven games. They could easily be 2-5. and five. It, it just that's the way... Um, this initial month I thought was going to go uh, uh, sort of unpredictable because of the shortened spring training. Now, some things are a little predictable. I guess Baltimore's 2-5, and five, not off to – but it, it wouldn't shock me if a great team got off to a, a bad start in this month and then recovered from it. So my point is, look, I think gobbling up wins in April, ugly wins, pretty wins, whatever they are, as long as you're, you're, you're hanging in there um, until pitchers start to stretch out a little bit, until you overcome a few injuries, even though – once you overcome some injuries, you'll probably have some new ones. It's just the way it works. Don't take for granted a, a, a nice little start here. You, you know, some people are going to expect them to be fifteen and five after twenty games. I don't. I don't think that. that I don't think that's possible in this in this month after a shortened spring training for any team. You're seeing. I think I, I saw a stat last night. I wish I, I I had it in front of me. It was something crazy. Like for the first time in a long, long time. Every team has a couple wins and a couple losses after seven games, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's undefeated. Nobody's gone winless. And I think that's the kind of month we're going to have in April. So if you get off to a decent start, knowing all that, you should be thrilled. And based on the injuries that the Sox have had, especially at the top of the rotation, I think fans should be especially thrilled. No issue at all with the start to their season. Jesse Rogers with us here on White Sox Weekly. How much of that I guess balance, you could call it, would you attribute to the fact that it was a shortened spring training? Almost all of it. Almost all of it because you don't have pitchers stretched out. When you have to pull a pitcher with a perfect game, Tyler, that tells you everything you need to know about this unique season and and the shortened spring training. So I think the fact that there's some parity, which I thought was absolutely predictable, 
is absolutely not surprising. Um, to see sort of teams bunched up uh, like this, not surprising at all. I don't think anyone's going to run away with the division or, or the pennant in April, but certainly you can get behind. If you have a few injuries and get off to a bad, you can get behind enough. Um, so that's the thing. Just hang in there. Hang in there in April, whether you're a great team, a good team, an average team. If you can hang in there in April, then things will start to feel a little bit normal, starting with starting pitchers uh, getting stretched out. And I know you were talking about that before I came on. That's why we're seeing the parody. When you have to pull someone with a perfect game, when you have to pull someone at four innings or four and two-thirds innings because they're not stretched out, that evens the playing field, and that's why you're seeing a lot of uh, teams bunched up, a lot of divisions bunched up. Jesse, when are we going to start to see guys go six, seven, maybe even eight? Because I, I know it's a shortened spring training, but it felt like at this point last year it was no-hitter bonanza. You were getting one every other week or every other day even, it felt like. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, to me it's almost like an extended spring training right now. It, so it, obviously it's going to be different for every pitcher. But let's say you had three spring starts. Well, normally you have six or seven. So extend that into the regular season. Once you get three or four regular season starts, now you've put together a full spring training. So basically the easy answer to your question is May for a couple reasons. One, it'll feel like a full spring training for a lot of pitchers. Mm -hmm. And obviously rosters reduce, pitching staffs get reduced, and you're going to need more out of your starting staff. So, Let's look at May 1st as kind of the real start to the season for these starting pitchers who can – I guarantee you this. If Clayton Kershaw has a, a perfect game uh, on May 2nd or 3rd or 4th, or 5th, he's going to stay in the game. So that, that's the answer to your question. Play it out like a full spring training, six or seven starts total for, for a lot of these guys, and that's when you'll start to see him get stretched out in a big way. We've got Jesse Rogers with us here on White Sox Weekly on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network from ESPN.com, MLB Insider. So looking at the landscape of the AL Central, Jess, it's not going to be like it was last year for the White Sox where head and shoulders, you're above everyone else. Now, White Sox, obviously the favorite in this division. They are, in my opinion, and I'm sure in yours as well, the best team in the division. But how close is that gap? Not just to two but also to three and four in the division? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I, uh, it's closer, but to say it's close, I think wouldn't be giving the Sox enough credit coming off the year that they had. Um, Detroit is certainly going to be there. Cleveland is already hitting much more than anyone thought they would, but it's very early, and Cleveland always pitches. They're at the top of the league in that category. They're at the top of the league in both categories. Um, I'm not a, a, a big fan of the Cleveland Guardians long-term uh, I think Minnesota and Detroit are probably better, but I could be wrong because if you can pitch, you can you know you can hang in there. So yeah, it's closer. But I talked. I've mentioned this a couple times on the air. I talked to Lucas Giolito in particular during the spring, and he was not he was all for it, but not just in your sort of cliche way. He was like, "We know the narrative last year. We didn't get pushed. So heck, let's let the Tigers push us. Let's let Cleveland. Let's let Minnesota with Carlos Correa push us a little bit more." So I think they might embrace it. There's a fine line between we want to run away with the division, but winning it by 20 games may not be the healthiest thing. And I think there's a there's something in between that. Now, they didn't win it by 20 last year, but it felt like they did. You know, there's something in between that. Um, and, and I think the Sox want to get pushed a little bit. You just don't want to get pushed too much, right? 
Because if you get pushed too much and you end up having to go all the way to the last day of the season to win the division, now you've exhausted yourself a little bit. So there's that happy medium there. Um, so I wouldn't say it's going to be a close race all the way down to the end, but certainly closer than last year. I think that's sort of the easy answer to that question. You know, heading into the season with the White Sox, there were unknowns. And I think the word unknown carries a negative connotation, but I don't think it necessarily should. It was just stuff that needed to be proven. What were we going to see out of this bullpen? What were we going to see out of Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, the second base spot? To you, what has been the most impressive of these unknowns here in the early going? Yeah, definitely those pitchers, um, Bennett Sousa, Tanner Banks, even Jimmy Lambert. Not all of them have been perfect. You know, Sousa just got knocked around a little bit for a couple runs after a few, a couple nice outings in Detroit. But they harped on the fact that they had depth. I thought for sure Rick Hahn would go out and trade for a left-handed reliever when, when Crochet went out. He did not do that. Instead, he doubled down on his depth. Lewis did the same thing. And through a week, they've been proven right. I think those names that aren't household names coming through uh, here and there, um, enough to win five of seven games has been the most impressive thing so far. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Can they keep it up for months on end? Remains to be seen. But as I talked, as I said earlier to you, just gobbling up wins in April, I think is important. So I don't care if Bennett Sousa, you know, you know, changes course in, in three weeks and looks like a different pitcher. The fact that he helped them to a couple wins in Detroit, that's a good thing. Um, are all these kind of non-household names going to come through every time? Of course not. But so far, so good. Um, and, and like I said, I was surprised they didn't go out and trade for a lever after Crochet went down. And they know their team. They know their depth better than any of us. And it's come through for them. And I think that's been the most surprising thing. In talking with scouts and people around the league, of these guys, the Lamberts, the Sousas, the Tanner Bankses, and, and other guys that, that are maybe less household names, whether it be in, in, on the pitching side, on the hitting side, which ones of them are scouts and, and people within league circles most excited about it and maybe think there's sustainability that, okay, you're helping us stay afloat here in April, but you could be a, a big factor for us in October maybe as well? Yeah, you know, I haven't poked around too much on that subject just because it's all sort of happened quickly here. Uh, but I, I, when Crochet went down and they decided to promote Seuss, I asked uh, a, a couple people about that. And they didn't say anything bad about him. They certainly didn't say anything bad about him. I mean, he, he was um, a 10th-round pick, right? I believe that's mm-hmm. the case. It's a 10th-round pick, so you're not expecting the world out of him. But, look, the fact that Han didn't trade immediately for a lefty, and I really thought he would, I think says a lot. So, I asked about Seuss immediately, and I didn't get any bad responses. So let's, let's see how it plays out. There's only two lefties down there, um, you know, Sousa and, 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 uh, and Bummer. And so they're going to get used. They're going to get used a lot, two main, two main lefties there. And so I didn't hear anything bad about Sousa, so I'll go with him as, as my answer to your question. Talking with Jesse Rogers here on White Sox Weekly on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Speaking of trades, the name that – Rick Hahn sort of had to shoot down this past week was Andrew Vaughn. You saw his name floated out in in rumors on the internet and whatever. Take the internet with a grain of salt as always, but what is the the feasibility? Like, Has his name really been thrown around in these trade rumors, and is that something that you think the Sox would even be willing to entertain? No, I don't think they'd entertain it um, unless they got into a desperate situation where, you know, they lost four starting pitchers. They just had it, whatever. But, you know, 
barring something crazy, the answer is no. Now, you have to also remember, for every name you, you hear about, bandied about in trade talks, there's 10 other guys also being talked about that doesn't leak out. Mm-hmm. So don't for a minute believe that Andrew Vaughn is the only player GMs are calling the socks on. You know, it's just every name gets talked about in some manner or another, um, or, or most of them, if you know what I mean, especially young players. You know, if a guy's at the end of his career, maybe not so much. So don't worry about the fact that his name was brought up. It's all part of the equation. But I think Han sort of mentioned this a couple times when, when, when this came up earlier in the week, that they're in a the mode of trading prospects for proven players, mm-hmm. not the other way around. You don't, you don't, you don't um, subtract from your team to add another area, again, unless you're in a desperate situation. You simply add to your team, and you do that by trading prospects. So anything that happens between now and July, August 2nd, I guess, is the trade deadline, you're going to see them move prospects for Frankie Montaz or someone else, not a guy like Andrew Vaughn, who's a big part of their current team. That's how this works. And it's, it worked for them the other way when they traded all their veterans for young prospects. And now it's going to work the other way around. They're going to trade prospects for a, a veteran or someone they need, barring a desperate situation. Now, now Jess, I, I agree with you there, but we did see last year they trade guys off of the major league roster in a let's go out and win this thing sort of move when they brought in Craig Kimbrell and flipped Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer the other way. So you don't see any scenario barring desperation where this team flips anyone off of the major league roster. Not in that way. Remember, Madrigal was not part of the team at the time. He was injured. So, yes, they traded Hoyer. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible to trade, but Madrigal was obviously the key to that trade for the Cubs on the Cubs end of it. Um, He was not playing for the White Sox at the time. They were trying to win it last year. That's why that made sense to me. No, I don't think come July 30th, you know, I have to, you have to see the team in, in, in the moment, but in, at this time, I don't believe that would happen. No, I, I don't see that happening. You know, Jesse, something that caught my eye yesterday was, was sifting through, through the FanDuel sports book, and I saw Dylan Cease. He's up to third right now in Cy Young odds on the AL side of things at 10-1. to 1. Luis Robert for the AL MVP is at 20 to 1 right now. In your eyes, what is more likely? We see Dylan Cease win a Cy Young this year or Luis Robert win the MVP this year? Well, I'd say probably Luis Robert. Um, he's already in a p- small pool of players that has the ability to do that. Cease, that would be a huge jump. That would be a huge jump in a, in a, in a league that has you know Garrett Cole and uh, Shohei Atani. I mean, there's a lot of uh, good pitchers. Not that there's not a lot of good players, but we know Luis Robert has it. But I'll tell you what, I want to see kids on Little League Diamonds whipping that leg around. Like, he's a guy, we should be growing out mustaches and, and doing that leg whip because that's a pretty unique thing, um, although you see more pitchers do it now. Like, that's a guy I think kids should start to emulate because I think you're right. I've been listening. He's a guy that should be here for a while. He's only getting better. The, the progress with him has been linear. It hasn't really been one step forward, two steps back. It's kind of been slowly but surely building. So, I, I, I understand the question. I don't know if I can make that leap compared to Luis Robert, who's, if healthy, a finished product almost, even though yeah. he, he doesn't have that many at-bats at the major level. The guy is so talented. But, man, Cease is off-speed. Guys were chasing it last night. We know he's got that live fastball. I, I, I'm interested to see if, if they ever start to lay off that off-speed, you know, how he adjusts back, right? Because a lot of those pitches were outside the zone. 
Mm-hmm. But um, I, I understand the question. I, I can't put him ahead of Luis Robert in that thing. But, man, I, I, I would love to see uh, – you know, he's got a great personality, Dylan Cease. I'd love to see him become sort of another star on the south side. You know, Lucas Giolito is established, and Cease is right there next to him. And um, is, is, you're right, listening to you, he's a huge key to this team. He absolutely is. Jesse Rogers from ESPN.com, MLB Insider. Thanks so much for taking some time with us on White Sox Weekly. What do you have coming up this week? Well, um, next week I'm writing about actually uh, young players making the team out of spring training now with this new CBA. Now, it didn't really impact the Sox too much. In fact, the Sox have been one of these good teams that have signed up their young players, so it takes all that service time out of the mix. You know, we'll see what happens with Andrew Vaughn. But uh, we see, you know, I talked to Jerry DePoto, Julio Rodriguez made the team. I talked to Torkelson during Mm -hmm. spring training. He made the team. Um, DePoto told me he didn't think it was a coincidence that so many young players made major league rosters now that there's some new rules. And so that's cool. That's cool to see so many good young players making it right out of camp instead of this whole song and dance they do, leaving them down for two weeks, pretending that they need to work on their defense. Right. So I'm I'm writing about that this week. And, um, and of course I I was very excited to write about, uh, Harrison and, 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 um, Mm -hmm. and Tim Anderson as the only uh, black double play combination in baseball for Jackie Robinson day yesterday. So hopefully people can check that out at ESPN.com. They were so excited to talk about it. They were so excited to take the field yesterday as the only African-American, you know, a double play combination, double play combination in baseball. So hopefully people check that out. But next week I'm writing about rookies making opening day lineups, which was kind of cool. Awesome. So check that out. ESPN.com. Jesse Rogers from ESPN MLB Insider. Thanks so much for taking some time with us here on White Sox Weekly. You got it, Tyler. Have a good day. Thank you very much. You have a good weekend as well. Jess, when we come back, let's take a look at a little bit of today's game. Get into the pitching matchup a little bit. Michael Kopech, can he make that next leap this season? We'll dive into what we're looking for from Michael Kopech as he takes on the Rays today. First pitch coming up at 110. I'm Tyler Rocky, White Sox Weekly. We'll wrap up when we come back. Learn from the pros this summer at a White Sox summer camp presented by Wintrust starting at $159. Kids ages 5 to 12 can register for a camp at any of our 50 locations throughout the Chicago land area. To learn more, visit whitesox.com slash play. And as an alum of those camps, I can say it is the most fun summer camp that you can attend. So get your little ones out there to a White Sox camp this summer. I'm Tyler Rocky here on White Sox Weekly. We're wrapping things up here. Connor McKnight's got first pitch coming up at 110. White Sox and Rays, two of the powerhouses of the AL from a season ago. White Sox took game one, three to two. They'll try to take the series today here at Guaranteed Rate Field. On the mound today, for the White Sox is Michael Kopech, who we've talked a lot on today's show about Dylan Cease and getting to that potential with a guy like Dylan Cease. And Michael Kopech's another one of those guys who has, I don't want to say pressure on him because you've got three other guys in your staff so far that have sort of proven themselves either over the course of the, their careers or so far this season. And Kopech's one of those guys who you talk about someone that can build their way up and continue to get you extremely quality innings over the course of this grinder of a baseball season. Michael Kopech's going to be one of those guys. When you look at the potential that he has for this White Sox team, 
He's a guy that a lot of people heading into this year were really excited about to see him make that leap into the starting rotation. It, it didn't feel the same last year. You saw him with some spot starts in double headers in those seven inning double headers from from a season ago, and then he opted out back in in 2020 during the COVID 19 pandemic. And here he is, a chance to really make his mark and become part of the staples, part of the the things that you look forward to for the White Sox, not just in 2022 or 2023, but we're talking about this White Sox team in 2025, 2026, and beyond. Michael Kopech is one of those guys that really gets you going and makes you excited about the White Sox. And if you've got a foundation of a really strong Lucas Giolito and a really strong Dylan Cease and a really strong Michael Kopech as sort of your anchors on the pitching staff moving forward, that's going to be one through three, one of the best in baseball for years to come. For years to come, going to be one of the best that you can find in the entire league. Now, Kopech has to get there, right? He's only started the one game this season. He's only started nine games over the course of his MLB career. And his first outing, strong against Detroit, albeit short, but a strong one, where he went four innings, allowed just two hits, one run, and struck out three. Again, I'm expecting to see those strikeout numbers go up. And this may be a, a, a game where he can do that. His strikeouts per nine from a season ago was about 13 and a half. Um, three over the course of four innings is, is not the Michael Kopech that we're going to get accustomed to. I expect a lot more swings and misses from batters when they go up to the plate against Michael Kopech in the future. So he's a guy who, on the mound today, has a great test against a great raise lineup. I'm excited. And then on the other side, you've got a former two-time Cy Young winner in Corey Kluber, so we should have a really, really good pitching matchup here at Guaranteed Rate Field today. Should be a really exciting game between two of the more exciting teams in all of baseball. And two teams that are going to be playing in super competitive divisions this year. We've talked a little bit about the White Sox and what they're going to be going through in this AL Central with the Tigers and the Twins and the Guardians and even the Royals can be a team that can give you a little bit of a fight here this season. And they, they gave some fight certainly last season, especially at the end of the year. Then on the other side, you look at the Rays in the AL East, you're going up against New York, you're going up against Boston, you're going up against Toronto. Those are going to be two of the toughest divisions, not just in the AL, but in all of baseball. And these are some of those important games that you want to take care of business here because they all sort of count the same when you get to the end. And if you can go out and if you're Tampa and take a road series from in comeback fashion, that certainly builds some momentum for a Tampa Bay team that probably didn't expect to be 4-4 four and four at this stage in the season. Meanwhile, for the White Sox, if you can go out and clinch your first three series, that is a super strong start and something that you can certainly build on moving forward. That's going to do it for us here on White Sox Weekly. Thanks for hanging out. The FanDuel White Sox pregame show is coming up right around the corner here on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Thanks to executive producer Erica Strowski, Charlie Bevins, and Jake Cantu back in our State Street studios. And thanks to Jake Berger, Connor McKnight, and Jesse Rogers. The White Sox pregame show coming up in just a little bit. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Instant NBA Lightning Bets. 
Bet minute by minute, lightning fast. Instant NBA lightning bets are now available and located on the live event menu. Choose the outcome of the next play, next point, and more to stay in the action all game long. PointsBet is your home for NBA live in-game betting. And now in Illinois, you can sign up from anywhere. Download the PointsBet app today and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone in seconds. New customers, use code ESPN2K and get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Hey, your buddy Tom Waddle here to tell you about Wintrust. Proud to be Chicago's bank for over 30 years and my personal banker for the last decade. They know Chicagoans and want you to get to know your local banker. Unlike many big banks and their hidden fees, Total Access checking accounts offer unlimited free ATMs nationwide. And now, Wintrust has a new online platform that makes opening your new account a breeze. Wait, it gets even better. Go to Wintrust.com slash TAC and open a Total Access checking account online today and get a special $300 offer. $100 required to open requirements to qualify. Must you link to apply? Member FD. Hey guys, it's Sylvie to share some window wisdom with you straight from the experts at Window Nation. You know spring brings some wild weather changes. Warm days, you want to ease open your windows. Cold nights, you need to seal them up real tight. If your old windows are sticking or drafty, they're not just a pain to operate. They're costing you money. Have you seen how fast energy prices are rising? Get your degree in savings during Window Nation's Spring Break Sale. The smart way to upgrade your home with an offer to fit any budget. Get two free windows for every two you buy for as many as you need and make no down payment and pay no interest for 24 months two full years no payments so call window nation today 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com they've installed over 1 million windows in over 125,000 homes saving customers over 60 million dollars in energy costs call window nation 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com buy two windows and get two free no payments and no interest for 24 months window nation the perfect fit. Ah, sweet home Chicago, where you grew up, where your family is, where your teams are, and where you're watching developers buy up homes. Getting tired of spectating? Hi, it's Jonathan Hood. Neighborhood Housing Services of Chicago will get you off the sidelines and into your own home. Their experienced lending team will work with you throughout your entire home buying journey. Stop watching and visit nhschicago.org slash team. That's nhschicago.org slash team. Neighborhood Housing Services of Chicago is an equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS number 276722. Bettenhausen Ram is Chicagoland's Ram Truck Headquarters. During Ram Truck Month, Bettenhausen has 0% financing and great lease deals available on your new Ram Truck. Your best Ram Truck buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCDJR.com. If you love them enough to sit through their favorite boy band with them, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ag Council. Here's a pro tip for sports bettors. If you want to bet on the Kentucky Derby this year, Hawthorne is the only game in town. At the track and at every Club Hawthorne betting bar, advanced reservations are required. Do not wait to reserve your seat. Each Hawthorne OTB has hundreds of TVs and dozens of betting stations, plus the old-school, high-quality service that you expect from a family-owned business. Make your reservations today so you don't get shut out on one of the biggest sports betting days of the year. Details at derby.hawthornracecourse.com. 
Chicago White Sox baseball is on the air. Welcome to the FanDuel White Sox pregame show. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Chicago White Sox. And brought to you by Marquette Bank. Love where you bank. LKQ, pick your part. Tito's Handmade Vodka, America's original craft vodka. And your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Hyundai dealers. Now here's your host, Connor McKnight. Welcome in to the FanDuel White Sox pregame show on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. No Connor McKnight today, Tyler Aki in today. Connor McKnight will have you with first pitch coming up at 110 with Darren Jackson on the call here for White Sox and Rays here from Guaranteed Rate Field. Beautiful day out at the park, nice and sunny today, a little chilly, the wind May play a little bit of a factor, although maybe not as much as it did earlier in the week. But White Sox coming off of a 3-2 to victory against Tampa Bay, a game that I think the score, not necessarily indicative of the dominance that it felt like the White Sox maybe played with in that game. They led, they never trailed, I should say, throughout the course of that ball game. And they got some stellar starting pitching as well. Dylan Cease, the longest start that a White Sox pitcher has had so far this season. He went five and two-thirds, three hits, allowed just one run. And maybe the most impressive statistic of the night for Dylan was the eight strikeouts that he delivered. Also some stellar bullpen performances as well. An 11-pitch save for Liam Hendricks, his third of the season. Also made a really nice defensive play as well. And he'll be rewarded with a bobblehead today that's being handed out as a promotion. Kendall Graveman, also impressive. He goes the the eighth in this game and had two strikeouts in the victory for the White Sox. On the hitting side of things, Jake Berger getting that bat coming up and alive. He had the home run in this game. Two for three, two batted in. He was fantastic for the White Sox in this one. Every game we give you a gateway to the booth today. Connor McKnight will be taking your questions. Tweet your questions to at ESPN White Sox and use hashtag AskConnor. The gateway to the booth is brought to you by Gerald Honda. Get the Gerald exclusive lifetime warranty at the all-new Gerald Honda of Countryside. Unlimited miles, unlimited time at no cost to you. Tony LaRussa and Connor will have you covered next. Coming up next, this is the FanDuel White Sox pregame show on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. This season, turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Chicago White Sox. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a risk-free first bet up to $1,000. So, White Sox fans, see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code BASEBALL to get started. That's promo code BASEBALL. You must be 21 or over and present in Illinois. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG. Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram is Chicagoland's Ram Truck Headquarters. Ram Truck Month rolls on, and Bettenhausen Ram has 0% financing plus bonus cash and rate lease deals available on your new award-winning Ram Truck. Ram is the number one brand in new vehicle quality and is the most luxurious truck in its class. Bettenhausen has the area's best selection of Ram Trucks on 159th Street in Tinley Park. Your best Ram Truck buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCTJR.com. 
Thinking of creating more space for your family? Ready to update your kitchen? Design First Builders can help. Design First Builders is an authentic design build firm with experts that work together as a team to complete your dream space. We handle every step of your remodeling project from start to finish. Give us a call and schedule your free consultation today to see how we can help you complete your dream project. Our belief is that we don't start projects, we start relationships. Call 630-250-7777 or visit designfirstbuilders.com. Design First Builders, remodeling homes and building relationships. We've all put off a trip to the doctor when we're not feeling right. If you're experiencing pain or find that limited movement is keeping you from doing the things you love, don't wait to get care. With more board-certified, fellowship-trained orthopedic doctors than anyone in the region, Illinois Bone and Joint Institute offers a full range of orthopedic care for both adults and children, including diagnostic and rehabilitation services. Visit IBJI.com to start your path to recovery. Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. Move better, live better. Back with the manager, Tony LaRussa, here on the FanDuel White Sox pregame show. Tony, a big one for Dylan last night, obviously. White Sox fans have seen his potential for a long time. What's it like to watch a guy who's able to take that step, maybe even this year? Uh, you step back to last year, you know, we had the veterans and Lynn and, and Giolito and Keiko, and he was getting his first shot, and he excelled. Well, this year, you know, you got to build on it. And he's come in charging as far as working and wanting to learn. And then he gets the other added pressure, which I don't think you, you can give him enough credit for. Lucas gets hurt. Lynn gets hurt. You know, so the day he pitches, if he can give us a solid game, you know, it kind of sets it up for everybody. And he's done it twice. We'll do everything we can to keep him healthy. And he's got a great support staff between the training staff and, and working with Ethan and Kurt. You know, they really complement each other well. So, But he has shown a lot for a young pitcher. He's He's got a high baseball IQ. And he's got that good combination of a real big talent. He's got a big desire to compete and, and win. Josh Harrison in the lineup for you guys, healthy after a little back and hip issue. Defensively, he is just about as versatile as he comes. Uh, third base tonight for him. That his best spot? You like him at second more? No, I, I, I like him at third. He's played third well. He's played second well. He can play the outfield. Yeah. He, he, his candle burn, burns rarely. His competitive juices are just flowing, man. And he's, he's everything is advertised. We heard so much about him from the other side. Uh, and he really lifts our, our uh, enthusiasm level. I mean, he's right there with Timmy, and I mean, he comes to play hard and have fun. It's good to get him back. You guys can win games out of the nine spot in the lineup. You showed that last night with Jake Vaughn in there today. Is that kind of the plan, win him out of the nine spot every now and again? You know, it, it just shows you what a deep lineup we have. I mean, you look at where everybody's hitting. I mean, Andrew hit fifth the other day. But in this lineup today, he's sitting ninth. And uh, a real good uh, measure for a team is can you score every inning? You know, sometimes laps aren't very deep. And, you know, you'll say, oh, man, unless we're lucky or it's a bloop or something. But we, we literally have a chance to score every inning. So if we go about it right, this is an outstanding chance to win. Tony, appreciate it. Good luck today. Thank you. It's White Sox manager Tony LaRusso back with more on the pregame show. It's the ESPN 1000 Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Your heart. You'd never think to purposely stop it from pumping. I'm Tara. And when my team at Northwestern Medicine discovered a deadly malformation in my brain... My cardiologist and neurosurgeon said the only way to treat it was by stopping my heart. And that's exactly what they did. Twelve times. 
anchored by Northwestern Memorial Hospital, ranked top 10 in the nation for neurosurgery by U.S. News and World Report. Tara's unique condition required a unique team, collaborating like never before. Her team temporarily stopped Tara's blood flow, allowing the catheter to more easily travel through her veins to reach and obliterate the brain malformation. Stopping my heart saved my life. You don't hear that every day. Because what makes us better makes you better. Northwestern Medicine. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Here's the pitch, and there goes a long, long drive. And speaking of long drives, or any drives for that matter, make sure you go to Windy City Limousine for all your transportation needs. Long drives, short drives, chauffeured black car services, luxury coach rentals, corporate bus services, airport shuttles, group and event transportation, and more. Go to WindyCityLimos.com today, Chicago's premier transportation company, for all your transportation needs. And tell them the M&M guy sent you. Hurt on the job or in a car accident? The Coast Ivoni Advantage. Free consultations. Free home and hospital visits. The Coast Ivoni Advantage. Experienced attorneys fighting for you. That's the Coast Ivoni Advantage. Call us at 708-4MILLION. I'm Anthony Ivoni of Coast Ivoni Injury Lawyers. The Coast Ivoni Advantage includes our no-fee guarantee. We don't get paid unless you do. Call us at 708-4MILLION. That's 708-4MILLION. The Coast Ivoni Advantage. Because you cannot afford not to. FanDuel White Sox pregame show on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Tyler Rocky with you here. First pitch coming up at 1.10. It'll be Connor McKnight and Darren Jackson on the call for the White Sox and the Rays. Let's get you the lineups today. First for the White Sox, Tim Anderson leading off and playing short. It'll be Luis Robert out in center field. He's hitting second. Jose Abreu hitting third and playing first. Yasmani Grandal, designated hitting and in the cleanup spot. Eloy Jimenez out in left field. Leori Garcia, the switch hitter, playing second base. Josh Harrison shifts over to third today. He's hitting seventh. It's Reese McGuire behind the plate. And Andrew Vaughn out in right field, going up against Corey Kluber, the two-time Cy Young Award winner, now with the Rays. Brandon Lau will lead off for Tampa Bay, he's at second. Wander Franco, the young sensation in the designated hitter spot. Randy Arozarena out in left field. Harold Ramirez over at first. Yandy Diaz playing third and batting fifth. Manuel Margot out in right. Brett Phillips in center. Mike Zanino behind the plate and hitting eighth. And Taylor Walls, the switch hitting shortstop, will round out the lineup today. And they'll be going up against Michael Kopech, the hard-throwing righty for the White Sox, who... So far in the early going, just one start, a 2.25 ERA, and has struck out three. Today's line, courtesy of FanDuel, the Sox, the favorites on the run line at minus one and a half, plus 146 with the juice. The money line, if you don't want to lay the extra little half there, they are minus 134 with Tampa Bay coming in as a plus 114 underdog. The total set at 8.5. That line brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Chicago White Sox. White Sox fans, see why for yourself, FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code BASEBALL. That's promo code BASEBALL to get started That's promo code BASEBALL at FanDuel. 
we will move along around the league and also hear a little bit from Jake Berger coming up in just a little bit. He joined us on White Sox Weekly earlier today. He'll recap his big night, the two for three, including that home run that helped seal a White Sox victory. Keep it here. It's the FanDuel White Sox pregame show on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. FanDuel White Sox pregame show on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. I'm Tyler Rocky. Beautiful day here at Guaranteed Rate Field. And if you got here early enough, you are walking away with a Liam Hendricks bobblehead as well. It's a, a beauty of them as well. You can look it up online, too. It's a great bobblehead that the White Sox were giving away. One of many that they will give away over the course of this 2022 campaign. So, Looking at this White Sox team as they try to take the series today against Tampa Bay, they have already got one game in the bag, the 3-2 victory yesterday, and are going to try to take two out of three. They'll have to go up, though, against a Cy Young winner in Corey Kluber. Not once, but twice for Kluber. And the White Sox have had some battles this past week against some Stetson Hatters over the course, the other one being Logan Gilbert, who currently, albeit early in the season, but the leader in ERA in the American League. And now they'll take on another one in Corey Kluber later on this afternoon. DJ and Connor have the first pitch for you coming up at 110. Every game we give you a player to bank on today. Let's go with Leori Garcia. He got his first hit of the season yesterday, and I don't have the advanced analytics on this. I don't even think Baseball Reference will have this for you or whatever your statistics site of choice may be, but it seems like he bats a 1,000 whenever I'm in the ballpark. So Leori Garcia, your player to bank on today. Uh, we give you that player to bank on every single game here on the FanDuel White Sox pregame show. Who Are You Banking On is brought to you by Marquette Bank. Love where you bank. Michael Kopech making his second start of the season. He'll go up against a very potent Tampa Bay Rays team, a team that both of these teams really playing in super competitive divisions this year, maybe the two most competitive in all of baseball. As you take a look around the league, you've got the the Arizona Diamondbacks and the New York Mets already underway. Bottom of the second, no score there from City Field. A couple other games that'll be starting right around when we get going. It's Oakland taking on Toronto up in Canada. Atlanta traveling to take on San Diego out west. Detroit and Kansas City within the division. That'll take place at 3 o'clock later today. Minnesota and Boston also at 3 o'clock. And then San Francisco and Cleveland as well. And also, we've got a nice little treat for everyone at the park today. Throwing out the first pitch is the new GM of the Chicago Bears, Ryan Poles. He's on the field right now wearing that number five jersey. You know, I was talking with Eric Ostrowski, our producer, executive producer here from the White Sox Network, and I was thinking, who is that out there? You can't really see because he's got a hoodie on that kind of overlaps the name, but it looks like an Albert Pujols jersey almost, which is funny because Tony La Russa obviously having the long history with Albert Pujols from their days in St. Louis. 
but it is Ryan Poles out there. He'll throw out the first pitch. Uh, he's a guy that strikes me as someone who can put some heat behind a first pitch as well. Don't be surprised if this thing sits in the 70s for Ryan Poles. I don't know if they still clock these first pitches, but Ryan Poles seems like a guy, former offensive lineman. He's got a little bit of juice behind his fastball, I bet. He's out there with his son right now having a little bit of catch on the field. So that is coming up in just a little bit. And DJ and Connor will have you ready with first pitch. Uh, a couple notable things for today as well. Um, no Jake Berger in the lineup. He had the great game yesterday, went two for three. He'll be ready, though. Don't be surprised if maybe you see him in a pinch-hitting situation as well. And the White Sox going with Josh Harrison over at third base today. Harrison, so far this season, one of the additions that the White Sox have brought in. He's trying to get into a little bit of a rhythm here early on. But again, another one of those players for the White Sox that bounces in and out of the lineup with pretty good frequency. So be on the lookout for that as well throughout, not just today, but really the course of the month. We'll see what Michael Kopech can bring today. I wouldn't imagine he's going to go much more than what we've seen some of the other Sox starters go. It is April. It was the shortened spring training. Don't be surprised if things are tempered from an inning standpoint for a lot of these guys as we progress through the early portions of this regular season. It's April. You don't want to really stress these guys out, put that tax on the arm this early in the season. And hey, with the way that the White Sox bullpen has pitched in the early going, it's not a bad thing to get some of those guys running. We've heard Tony La Russa talk about it a number of times throughout the course of not just this season, but his prior seasons when he had so much success with teams like the, the St. Louis Cardinals before. You want to make every single player on the roster feel involved, especially in April, because that's when you start to get some of those big-time performances out of them when you do get down the stretch into the later portions of the season. And those guys can perform for you not just in August and September, but hopefully in October as well. You have all these guys that can play major roles for you as well. Real quick, before we get you over to Connor and DJ, let's step aside 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to the FanDuel White Sox pregame show on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. A couple of the things that we saw from yesterday's game that I think could play a factor when we get into today. A little bit of a struggle at the top of the lineup for this White Sox team, but hey, that's why you have another game right away. This is a White Sox team that was held with just one hit between Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, Yasmani Grandal, and Aloy Jimenez. That's one through five in the lineup. Don't be surprised if you see one, maybe even two or three of those guys break out today. Big time game against the Rays. That's going to wrap it up for us here on the FanDuel White Sox pregame show on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network. Connor and DJ have the first pitch for you coming up in just a little bit. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you postgame here on the on the Hard Rock Casino White Sox Network.